Spanish lovers, welcome to our podcast called Spanish We Do. All things Spanish, from the language itself to culture in general, art, sports, business, and well, anything that can be done in Spanish. My name is Jose R. R. Practice rolling your R's, if that's your thing. And this podcast is a production of the translation and localization team for text, subtitles, and voiceover work called Spanish We Do. It's all the same. If you search for Spanish We Do, you'll find our site, Twitter account, and other things. I decided to launch this podcast with a general view of the state of the Spanish language in the second country in the world with most Spanish speakers. Do you know what that is? A place where very interesting things are happening with the Spanish, both with culture and, well, the people. And that's the United States of America. In the U.S., Spanish means history, cultural heritage, business, show business, politics, media, controversy sometimes, and, of course, people. Many people. And to have that conversation, we are lucky to have a very seasoned journalist from Venezuela who moved to the United States in 94 and has worked in a broad range of news outlets, from Wall Street Journal to Reuters, the news agency, to EFE, the leading news agency in Spanish, to Reader's Digest in Spanish, which is called Selecciones, to a huge Latino blog, a leading one called Mamas Latinas, and also to for Los Angeles Times, El Nuevo Herald, La Opinión, and others in the Spanish-speaking world. And currently, back with EFE, that huge Spanish agency, but now as an entertainment correspondent for EFE, the leading news agency in Spanish in the world. So she's got a very broad point of view, and that's why I have uh, given her the title of CZCO, that is the Chief Cultural Counselor Officer for Spanish We Do. And that's our plan for the first three episodes of Spanish We Do. Let's get to it, Spanish lovers. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to Spanish We Do and to whatever we're going to do with this. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Thank you for, for this amazing idea that I think it's so necessary. Yeah, what, what a, a wide range career within journalism, which is very interesting. And I think that's why we wanted to talk to you or I wanted to talk to you. Of course, also, we may say just for clarity's sake or for whatever, anecdotal or whatever, that I've been present in some of those episodes of your career because we happened to be both from Caracas, Venezuela, and also we happened to be raised in the same apartment because she is my <laughs> sister. <laughs> So, all right. My, my first question to you, as you know, like, this is like a consultancy that, that, that I'm thinking about you. Like you are like our, our chief cultural officer in the ground in the United States. Um, you, you've been in the United States working with Spanish and English for 26 years at this time. And you've seen, of course, a, a big change, I'm sure, seen th throughout that time. So, Regarding Spanish, the, the relevance of Spanish, because it's not hard to find the numbers, like 60 million people uh, of uh, Hispanic origin in the States, almost 20% of the population is going to be a ton more. It grew from close to 5% to close to 20% from 1970 to today. So it's a big difference. So how would you say, how do you see the relevance, the importance of the Spanish language today in, in the US? Well, um, there is actually um, at the moment 53 million 
people living in the United States who identified as Latino. Yeah, okay. Hispanic Latino. Um, of those, 41% say they speak Spanish at home. But uh, only a 30% uh, prefer to move in their professional world or outside the home in Spanish. That is useful, but not uh, an indicator that anybody who wants to address the community should take into consideration. Okay. Because Spanish, it's seen as a cultural value nowadays. That's the biggest shift. Uh, before, um, the community thought that you, you should not speak Spanish in public or your kids should not learn Spanish because that will put them in, um, in a diminished uh, capacity compared to the other kids in the United States. Yeah. And uh, that is why many, uh, let's say, uh, Latinos, famous Latinos, may not speak Spanish or speak Spanish well. I'm thinking, for instance, Selena Quintanilla, which is the biggest cultural icon with Celia Cruz that Latinos have nowadays. She yeah. did not speak Spanish well because the grandparents thought that it was wrong to teach Spanish to their kids. Okay. Same thing, Jennifer Lopez, for example. So it really depends uh, on the family, but mainly it was seen uh, that you were creating a problem to you, for your children if you insisted on them learning Spanish. So that's a big shift. That changed, and it now it's seen as a cultural force, as a cultural identity, power, and there is even a debate on are you really Latino if you don't speak Spanish? Oh, interesting. That's a cultural uh, debate, and I mean, at the moment, I think the majority agrees that yes, you are. Yeah. Of course, because it's a cultural thing. It's not only the language, but it's seen as a part of your identity. The Spanish is seen as your part of your identity. So right beyond anybody, the language. Yes. So for anybody who wants to address the community, if you address them in Spanish, and it should not be pandering. It should not be like, oh, dear amigos. Like your tia would say, no, yeah. but that's pandering. Like, no, we're saying like, if you really address them in proper Spanish, and then it, you're seen as somebody who cares, who sees us, who values, who at least made the effort. And that's points to you. And you would say, even if the recipient of that message actually speaks English and has no problem understanding English, even to that community, Trying to speak in Spanish from that cultural point of view is seen as a, as an asset. Yes, it's a value. I mean, it's a it's a point points brownie pound points to you. You right. are looking at us and you see us and you are at least trying to understand and recognize the importance of our culture and our ancestors and all of that. And and how do you see companies in general, large ones or middle sized ones, are doing? How well are they doing in that sense? Well, the major, the uh, corporate America, um, which of course is moved by the market. Yeah. And uh, you have a reality in which Latinos are right now the biggest minority in the United States. There are more Latinos than African Americans. 
yeah. right now. And one of every five children born in the United States is Latino nowadays, as are the kids bef- uh, that younger than five. So they want to sell and have these clients. So they're doing okay. No, I wouldn't say fantastic, but they're learning and they're okay. doing okay. They're even now creating, let's say, commercials yeah. that are that that are that that are. Uh, I, I don't want to call it bilingual or bicultural. I I like a, a term used by Nielsen once, and it didn't stick, so it disappeared. But I like it a lot, which is ambicultural. It's like when you're ambidextrous, right. you pick yeah. whichever works. Well, these they're commercials that are ambicultural that the same commercial is played in Spanish language television or radio and goes to, in, to the English and it works perfectly for Latinos or not Latinos. So that's, yeah. that's the, the holy grail. That's your goal. But they're, they're trying really hard and they're trying really hard now and some achieving the, the ability to talk to the multiculturalism that exists within the Latinos. Yeah. Because as we know, it's not an ethnicity. It's just a demographic group of people with all kinds of uh, ethnicities and cultural values and come from different countries and stories. And oh, yeah. So it's very, it's com- very complex. But yeah, it is. Thing- I mean, we're talking about over 500 million people speaking Spanish in the world, and that's not one country. It's over 20 countries with very different stories. And and well, but what that's an interesting point. Like like I'm I'm going to like that's the main the first takeaway from here is see Spanish not only as a communication tool but as a cultural value. Yes. Great. I knew I knew you were the right person to talk to. By the way, I love your background. And, you. and while you let people see it, I'm going to move also because I'm going to close my window because we're having a storm right now. And I don't know if you're hearing the drops on the window, but you soon might. So just a second. Come back from 10 to zero in Spanish. 10 to 0. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> All right. That, that, that's good. Now, um, what I see is this. I mean, let, let's go into, a, um, I'd say, let's say, well, I was going to talk about the state of the Spanish on the streets. And when I say on the streets, I mean an, an, an real life and everyday interaction with people. But uh, let me touch another subject first that I think it's going to be kind of broad also. But I think it's going to be interesting. How, how do you see, have you seen a change from when you arrived to the United States to today in the interest of non-Spanish speakers? for Spanish, for the Spanish language. Has that increased? Yes, yes definitely. Definitely has increased. Well, mm, let me put it this way. It has increased significantly before the current administration. There was not really backlash. Now there is discrimination and xenophobia and attacks on the street. The street sometimes if people are heard speaking Spanish in public. But yeah. that's a political thing. It's not a, a market thing or a, a majority thing. But yeah. it does exist. So that, that's something. But okay. yes, there is a lot of uh, 
interest because again the market dictates the mood in a way so you have all these million people it's a mark a humongous market uh, bigger than i think it's 300 billion dollars a year spender uh, power so yeah yeah that. And, uh, there is maybe some some uh, objective perspective I can give you there about that the the change and the or the potential change and the current administration. When uh, when we've been doing translation as a team since two thousand twelve, I've been translation since what was it ninety two I think or something like that. Well, thanks to you, my my first job was first to you at the UPI United Press International at the Latin American desk in Caracas also. So thank you for that. I don't know if I said that, but I just remember that now. Okay, the thing is, our our largest clients thought they they sort of when Trump won, and and they saw like the like the environment uh, around Spanish and Latinos in particular. They thought the business was going to drop, and they were not going to need Spanish so much. Probably it just came out of a feeling or something. They had nothing to demonstrate that but actually the opposite happened and in what sense from us in in an objective point of view business increased it did not decrease it happened the other way around so yes what, what you're saying is, is interesting like the difference between some feeling in the street for someone speaking spanish and that kind of thing you mentioned uh and and what actually the market is doing Plus, you know, uh, one thing that I really like about the United States is that the civil community, um, it's not in tandem with the, with the government or with the politicians. Uh, when the, when the, the country sees that um, somebody in government or an authority is doing the opposite to what society wants, they put themselves out and they fill the void. We've seen it, we're seeing it now with the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, yeah. movement. We saw it with uh, the Latinos. Uh, there is a significant increase of a big effort on Latino shows on television, uh, on the commercials, on I mean, the, the, the market and society in general said, yeah, we see you, we value you. So it's a, it, it, it filled the void. And we also saw it with the environment. So it, that's something fantastic about, about this country that I, I value a lot. That um, the people have the power and they're not, they don't go with the government necessarily or politicians. Thing. That was episode one of Spanish with Duo. But we've got two more with Alicia Civita. And for episode two, we'll go into show business in Spanish or the Latino or Latinx community and what's happening there with the language, with the culture, and what can be useful for you to know. And be aware, there will be some name dropping because Alicia Civita's got great contacts in high places. This is Spanish We Do for the Spanish We Do translation team at SpanishWeDo.com. Also, Twitter, you'll find us there. And I'm Jose Herrera.